Creative Studio Academy, Semester 1, Session 13. 10 Key Things to Make Your Website Better. Welcome to the Creative Studio Academy. This is the podcast to help you learn and explore how you can start and improve your skills with online content creation. My name is Joshua Rivers, and I will be your guide on this journey. Welcome back to the Academy. I'm definitely excited today to be able to bring this topic to you today, talking about making your website better. We're going to cover 10 key things and a couple bonus items as well. And so I want to be able to help you be able to do that. So we're just going to have this simple list to be able to do that. And down the road, I'm going to be putting together a PDF download that has these plus some other things that are very helpful when you're looking at being able to make your website better, especially if you're just getting started with your website to be able to get these things in place right off the bat so that you can be able to take the maximum effectiveness of your website from the very beginning. I'm definitely excited being able to look back on 12 previous sessions of this podcast. We've covered several different things so far and I hope that they have been helpful to you. And so one of the things that we talked about um, several different times was blogging and uh, what we could be able to do with WordPress. And so I talked to uh, Dustin Hartzler about WordPress and we looked at several different things about getting started with uh, WordPress. Uh, We talked last session with um, Leslie Samuel as we looked at how we could be able to get started blogging and then even go beyond that as we try to monetize on our blog as well. And so we looked at several things regarding that. We talked about in session four about five key components for your website. And that was actually the last solo episode that I did. Uh, We'll have some more solo episodes as we go through. But in that one, we covered five things that you need to have for your website. You need website hosting. You need WordPress. Uh, In my opinion, you could do something else, some other uh, either custom code or other content management system of some sort. Uh, You also need an about page, which we talked about the importance of having a great about page on there. And then also a contact page that is there specifically for someone to be able to find out how to contact you and then be able to start doing an email list. And so definitely some things that uh, we're going to dive deeper into in the future, but that kind of sets the stage for today as we're looking at 10 key things to make your website better. And so number one is you need to keep your audience in mind. That is the most important thing as you're looking at your website. I almost titled this session, Why I Don't Care What Your Website Looks Like and Why You Shouldn't Either, but I might cover that a little more specifically in the future. But when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter 
what you want in your website, you need to focus on your customer, your client, your audience. You need to find out what they want and design the site for them. After all, they're going to be the ones that are going to be using it. So you need to keep your audience in mind. Just a couple quick things. And again, we'll probably dive into this more in a future session or in a blog post. And you need to keep in mind, who is your uh, target audience? Who is it that you're trying to target? And uh, over and over, I hear people talk about this and you need to be specific. And so there are some people that they get specific enough to where they give them a name. They have a picture drawn that uh, depicts who they are, or they just find a picture and they go into detail about the person and their life. You really want to know who your target audience is. The second question that you want to ask yourself is what are their needs? What is it that they're having struggles with? What is it that they're trying to solve? And you definitely want to keep that in mind and be able to try to meet their needs. Then number three, what are they looking for? When they come to your website, what is it that they're searching for? They're there looking for something. It's not just an accident. It's something, there's something there that they are specifically wanting to get from your site. And so you want to know what that is and make it easy for them to find it. If they have to look too hard to find something, they're not going to stay long. They're going to leave, never come back. But if they find what they need right away, they'll stay a little bit longer. They'll tell their friends, their family. They'll tell other people. Other people will be able to come back to the website. So you want to help them be able to find what they are looking for. And then the fourth question is what level of computer and internet ability do they have? If you're targeting teenagers, they generally will have a different computer um, knowledge than someone that is a retiree. Not necessarily, but generally speaking, that's the case. So depending on who specifically you're trying to target will determine their computer uh, literacy. And that may change how you have the site laid out. And so if someone that is really familiar with how the internet works and how it lays out and how to interact on it, you may be able to do some things that you can't do with someone that is not familiar with the internet at all. And so you want to um, keep that in mind as you're designing your site. And so you want to keep your audience in mind. Number two, you need to truly understand the purpose of your website. What is the reason that you even have a website? And so there are some cases when a website is not ideal for what you're trying to do. So you need to look at your purpose, your goal for either yourself or your business, depending on what type of website you're putting together. Find out why it is that you want to do what you're doing. Here's a couple things that I have jotted down in the past that might be a reason why you're wanting to get a website. And so you might want your business to be open 24-7. And so with a physical 
um, store, a brick and mortar store, it's harder to be able to have a store that is 24 seven. It is possible. There's definitely more and more of them nowadays, but it's harder because there is a lot of extra expense. There's utility bills through, you had to pay someone to be able to staff it. Whereas if you have an online store, a website, you don't have to um, employ additional people to be able to do that. You don't have ongoing um, utility bills that are being racked up. It co- it's very expensive to be able to have electricity and um, uh, heating and air conditioning for a building um, to be able to go 24-7 optimized for people being there. And so... And then, of course, uh, the additional staff is a huge cost as well. So if you you might be wanting to open up um, for 24-7. And so then also you may want to have that be your online brochure that can be changed at any time. And so maybe you have some kind of service or maybe you have a product that you like to advertise online and you want to put together um, not just a basic brochure that you might um doing a uh, physical mailing um, or drop on someone's doorstep or have available um, in some sort of display, but you want to be able to have a brochure. And instead of handing someone a a traditional flyer, you can be able to hand them something simple and direct them to the website. And that could be the brochure then. And then it's easy to be able to make any changes. And so I don't know how many times I've gotten some sort of brochure or some kind of advertisement and there was a spelling mistake or some other uh, mistake that was on there. Well, guess what? That person printed out thousands of those and they can't take it back. If it's a website, you can be able to get it out there. You make a mistake, you change it, and no one else in the future is the wiser. And so you can be able to change that. You can make updates. So if uh, prices change or specific features and benefits change of whatever it is that you're trying to bring, you can be able to uh, do that. So maybe you're trying to reach a new market with a global audience. And so if you have a brick and mortar store, you're looking at a very local market, uh, maybe just a couple miles um, radius is what you're looking at for your audience, for your potential customers. Whereas if you get online, you have a worldwide audience that you can be able to draw from. And so I remember a couple years ago, I did a website for someone that lived in Hawaii. I lived in Oklahoma. He lived in Hawaii. I never met the person face to face, but because of a website, I was able to connect with him. He found my website, got the information and decided to hire me to be able to build his website. And so he was in Hawaii at the time. And so we just corresponded that way. You could be able to have clients and customers online that live in a different part of the world as you do. And so you might be able to want to enhance your customer service. And so um, you might be able to want to expand from just having a phone number available to where you can be able to have chat or you can have a forum or you can have email or you can have an additional way to be able to provide that customer service, something to make it easier for whoever it is that you're trying to target. And so I know that there's some people, myself included, that they don't like making phone calls if they don't have to. If they can send an email or they can um, go to a chat window and try to talk to a salesperson that way, they are a lot more comfortable that way and will be more likely to be able to make a purchase. 
than if they were to have to pick up a phone and to be able to uh, talk to somebody. And so I think it may just be my personality. I don't know what it is, but my wife hates the fact that I am very bad at making phone calls. And so uh, usually I end up getting a list of four or five, six different uh, places I'm supposed to call to get something taken care of. And I put them off to where now I just got a whole bunch of them to do. And that obviously does not help me at all um, to be able to do that. And so you don't want to do that to your customers that, um, you limit it to one particular thing. And so there's going to be those people that they don't like making phone calls and they may not make a purchase because of that. But if you have other options available, you might be able to secure that customer in the future. So there's all kinds of different things. And if you uh, really dig down, you can uh, start to see even more of a purpose that you would have for your website. But again, as you're doing that, as you're looking at your purpose, you want to see how that connects back to your client and their needs. How can your website's purpose fulfill their needs? All right, so that brings us to number three of our key things to be able to make your website better. And that is to update your site content and keep it fresh and current. Google loves it when your website is updated on a regular basis. One of the best and easiest ways to be able to do that is by blogging. If your website constantly um, once a week or several times a week has new content that's coming out, Google sees that and it will rank you better because of that. And so you want to be able to do that. Plus, if you look back at your customer, again, you want to keep them in mind. If you don't have anything new on your website, why would they come back? You need to give them something that would draw them back in after they visit that first or second time. And so if it's the same information all the time, they'll consume it and then they'll be done. If there's nothing new, they have no reason to come back. And so you want to be having this fresh content on a regular basis And so blogging, again, is the best way to be able to do that. Number four is you want to anticipate and answer your visitors' questions. So again, we're keeping on the same track of having your client, your ideal target audience in mind. We want to think about what kind of questions that they may have, and you want to have the answers ready, if possible, before they even ask it. And so you want to try to be ready for that. So this takes some preparation. It takes some intentional thought to be able to do this. So you can stop and think about the past clients that you've had. Think of the problems that they've encountered, the questions that they've asked. Write those down and then write an answer to them. This is something also that can help fuel a blog for you. You can be able to take those things and be able to turn those into blog posts. You can provide an answer to questions that they may have. You may be able to take uh, maybe several of the shorter answers and be able to compile compile them into one page as a FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions page. And that could be able to help answer their questions if they have any as they're coming through. And then as you go through and someone asks you, more questions, you start getting more questions coming at you, provide answers for those on your website. Make it easy. 
And so, again, some people seem to have the mind frame that they want to make the client call them because they can then uh, possibly have a better chance at closing a sale because they made the step of making the call. So then they, it would be easy, that much easier to get them to be able to uh, purchase something. But you want to make it easy for them. You want to make it and give it to them in the way that they can be able to consume it. If the if you do that, you'll be able to build your trust even more. And that is what will help them to be able to purchase from you in the future. So you want to update. Um, so you want to anticipate and answer your visitors questions. Number five, and this is very important as well. Again, keeping your customer in mind. Number five is make sure that the navigation is simple and clear. You want to make sure that when they come to your website, that you have a navigation area that highlights the major sections of your website so that they can be able to go from one page to the next, from one section of your website to the next easily and they don't have to look around wondering where in the world that they have to go to look for things i've been on websites that are very complex and sometimes it's very difficult to be able to remember where you need to go to be able to get to a certain page in the website and so um in the college that i've attended on their website they there is a login for the online classes and things like that. And I had somehow deleted the direct link to it. And so I went back and I was having to find it through their website and I was having a hard time finding where the link was. And so I had to go through and look for several minutes trying to find the link just to be able to access my online class. Whereas if the, uh, link was easily available, I could have um, known exactly what to do. And so that could be an opportunity to make it very obvious where that type of thing is. And so again, coming back to knowing what your client, what your audience is looking for and making that easily available on that navigation. And so again, there are definitely things that you want to highlight, things that you want to share, but you want to think of what they are looking for, what they want answered. Number six is you want to include a call to action on each page. Now, this does not mean that you have to make a sales pitch on each page and say, okay, you know, here you can buy this. No, a call to action is just simply what is it that you want them to do? And so it might be leave a comment. It might be to subscribe to the email list. It might be to make a purchase. It might be any of those things. It might be to share this on Twitter or Facebook. And so there's all these different types of call to action. It just tells them what it is that you want them to do. And so you want to make sure that you make it clear what that is and don't have too many call the actions. You want to have just one if possible. And so that leads us to the next one here. And that is you want to limit the number of topics per page. Ideally, you want just one topic on each page, make it simple, make it clear for what it is that you want them to do. 
And so there's some people that make this so simple. They take away the sidebars and uh, all they have is just one column of text that is centered on the screen. And that is all that they have. They make it very easy and very clear. And so you don't necessarily have to go to that extreme, but um, I, I, I don't know numbers, but I believe that those, especially for a sales page, those type of pages convert better than others that have things on the uh, sidebar because the things on the sidebar can be distractions. And so if you have a sales page, you want someone to purchase something, you don't want them to be distracted with other links that will take them away from that sales page. You want them to be able to uh, continue the progression going to completing that sale. Okay, number eight on our list then is to include your contact information. Now, we talked about this in the previous session when we talked about the five key components for your website back in session four of semester one. And so you can get that information. If you're interested in getting a little bit more on that, go to creativestudio.academy slash one dash four. And that'll take you to the show notes to that page. You can be able to listen to the uh, the content there, or you can just scroll down and be able to read the content and get the summary of it. And so, but you want to have your contact information on there. Don't be a mystery. You want people to be able to contact you. You want to make yourself available and you want to make, uh, try to be able to make it easy for them to be able to find that information. And so one of the easy ways is just to have a page that simply says, contact us or contact, something like that. So have a link that is up in the main navigation, easy to be able to find where that is. Another good location to be able to have some contact information as at the very bottom in the footer of the page. And so a lot of times you can be able to scroll down to the bottom of a web page and you can be able to get the contact information for that page. Uh, company or person or whoever it is. And so they may have their address, their phone number and things like that. They may have a link to send them an email, have that down in the, in the footer, but having that separate special contact page is one of the best ways. And so again, you want to try to make it easy for the people to be able to contact you, try to make it available how they would best be able to uh, contact you. But at the same time, you want to couple that with your, uh, your comfort as well. And so if you don't want to have people call your cell phone number, then obviously that is not something that you want to make available. And so um, if you are uh, maybe just an individual that's just getting started in your business and and your cell phone is the only phone number that you have, um, there are some options that you can be able to look at. And so you can be able to get a, uh, a Google number that can uh, be able to, you, you can use for a business line. Um, Skype has an option to be able to, uh, I think it's a paid service where you can get your, a phone number through Skype uh, and you can be able to do something like that. If you, uh, don't want to use your personal number, your cell phone or anything like that, you can be able to do something like that and still have a phone option available. Um, an email option I think would be a given on a website. And so have a, even just a simple form that they can be able to fill out and be able to, uh, send that to you and you be able to receive an email. And so another option could be offering a chat um, option on there, as I mentioned before. And so a chat option could be a way for people to be able to contact you 
Uh, there's uh, some other, um, not necessarily phone service, but voice message type services out there. And so that you can be able to get a hold of all these different things can be available easily. Just putting it on your contact page. You can have it other places as well that you think might be prominent or good places for people to be able to see those options, but definitely on that contact page. Number nine, title each page to be search engine and bookmark friendly. Okay. Now, yes, you want the entire web page to be favorable toward SEO or search engine optimization, but especially the title of the page. And so the title of the page is basically the headline of the page. And so you can think of it, um, if you're looking at a newspaper or a magazine or something like that, or even as you're just scrolling online, the first thing that you see normally, other than possibly pictures, but the first thing that you normally will see is the headline. And the headline is what is usually the determining factor of whether you read that article or not. And so you want to make sure that headline is done just right so that when someone sees it, it will draw them in to be able to read the rest of the page. Or if it's a, if they're doing a Google search and they see that title of the page, you want them to be able to click through to get to your website in the first place and then for them to be able to continue to read through as they get there. And so you definitely want to do that. And then the last thing that we have, number 10, don't include too many colors, fonts, or font sizes that distract your visitor. And so you want to keep it simple. And so that acronym KISS, keep it simple, is uh, very applicable for a lot of things. And so you want to keep it simple. Don't have too many different things. A general rule of thumb is that you have one type of font for your headings. For so like your title and for like your headings and subheadings in your um in, in your website and your blog posts. Um and then you have a second type of font for the rest of the text. You want to keep that simple. If you have too many, it it starts to get disorganized, it starts to get out of harmony on the page, and it can get confusing sometimes. But if you have just one or two different font uh, font types, then that will make it easier for your uh, clients or your visitors to be able to stay on your web page. And plus, you want to be careful about the colors. And so if you have... Um, Uh, say a red background with blue letters that will be extremely hard to read and so it might work for superman or spider-man on their costume but it is not a good thing to do when you're looking at setting up your website so you want to be careful about that and so you want to try to do it in a way that makes it easy for them to be able to read the content on the page if they can't read it then they're going to leave and then you lost them so you want to make it easy and so um, a general rule of thumb is that you want to have a light background with dark letters and so you want the text to be darker with the background behind it to be lighter that's a general rule sometimes it works better to have a a darker background with lighter color color text and so for, for instance, having a, back, a black background with white 
letters on it. And so that can sometimes uh, help people to have things stand out a little bit easier. And so there, there could be cases for that. But generally speaking, the recommendation um, is that you have a lighter background with the darker text. And so those are 10 things that you can be able to use to make your website better. So keep your audience in mind, truly understand the purpose of your website, update your site content and keep it fresh and current, anticipate and answer your visitors' questions, make sure the navigation is simple and clear, include a call to action on each page, limit the number of topics per page, ideally just one, include your contact information, Title each page to be search engine and bookmark friendly and don't include too many colors, fonts, or font sizes that distract your visitor. These are 10 things that can really help make your website even better than it is if you have a current website or help you be able to get off to a really good start if you're just getting started with it. A couple other things that you can keep, be able to keep in mind. So some uh, uh, notable mentions or uh, some bonus uh, pieces here is you want to create a clear and uh, compelling sales message. You want to check your site and ensure that all forms and links are working properly. That can be important if someone goes and clicks on a link that doesn't go anywhere or is uh, maybe the site moved or something like that, that will be discouraging for them. So you want to regularly check those things to make sure that it works right. Or if they go to fill out a form and there's an error that happens because um, something got disabled on the form, you want to make sure to check those things. Another thing you might want to consider is creating a privacy policy and sticking to it. This helps show the customer that you're going to respect their privacy and that helps them to be able to trust you just a little bit more. And so it's very easy to be able to get a copy of this. If you do a search, you can be able to find some uh, templates online to be able to create a privacy policy yourself or even just copy one straight over and be able to use it and be able to reference it then. And so you uh, can easily be able to do that. You want to be able to return all of your visitor inquiries promptly. So this is good for a number of reasons. For one, you can be able to build the trust a lot more. And so that's the biggest thing. And so if someone contacts you and you're able to respond quickly to them, that shows to them that you value them, that you value whatever it is that they are able to uh, provide. And so even if they don't purchase anything from you, let's say that you're trying to sell something and someone's asking some questions and they end up not buying, if you are able to respond quickly and promptly to them, they may not buy for themselves, but they still may recommend it to somebody else. I've done this many times. There have been um, many books that I haven't been able to read myself, but I've been able to skim through or have come highly recommended from other people. And I really respect their opinion. And so I've recommended those things to other people, even though I haven't purchased those myself or someone has given me a copy of a book and I've been able to read it and recommend that. So I technically did not purchase it myself, but I'm recommending it to other people. And so those type of things can be very helpful. And so someone asks you a question, respond to it as quickly as you can. And so another thing is don't add a visitor count to your website. 
And so I think this is becoming less prominent, but still I see it out there and it's very tacky. Um, for one, it's not accurate. Um, and then, and then it's just, um, again, just very tacky to be able to have that on there. And so, um, if you get a whole lot of traffic, um, uh, I mean, obviously you'll have a, uh, a big number there and then you, that can kind of be like some bragging rights, but th- there's no reason for that. Um, but on the other side, if you're not getting a whole lot of traffic, that can be a detriment to you because if someone comes to your website and they say, they see that their visitor number 100 and the website's been up there for a while, then they may say, well, apparently nothing's going on here. So why should I hang around myself? And so just don't have it on there. There are better ways to be able to track how many people are coming to your site and so you can be able to uh, do those things. And so uh, there's a lot of things that are built into WordPress and uh, plugins that you can get to be able to track all that information. Google Analytics is one of the best ways that you can be able to do that. And then also, you don't want to include graphics that fail to add importance to your site. Pictures are great. Pictures really help to add value to the website. So the saying is, a picture is worth a thousand words. And that is so true, but you want to make sure that the picture that you use is relevant to the content on the page. If it's not relevant, then it's just going to be a distraction and it's just going to make uh, cause that confusion as that person's on your website. So you want to be able to avoid that if you can. And so anyway, I hope that these are some things that, that really helped you. That's uh, a total of like 16 or 17 different things, um, even though. We're titling this 10 Key Things to Make Your Website Better. If you'd like to get the show notes, you can be able to go to creativestudio.academy slash 1-13, and that will take you straight to the show notes to be able to get this list. And again, um, I plan on putting together a PDF that uh, will include these as well as some additional ones and go into uh, further detail and maybe provide a little bit more information about each one. And so that I think will be a benefit and that'll be available to those that are on the email list, which you can subscribe to on the website. So over on the sidebar on every page is a way to be able to sign up for that. And so very easy to be able to do over the next couple of weeks, we're going to have some more interviews that I was able to have with some people. And so um, we're going to have an interview with Dave Jackson, who is uh, um, at the school of podcasting.com. And so he's going to talk to us a little bit more about podcasting and some things that we can be able to do with that. And again, if you're not into podcasting, don't stay away from that episode. You want to get this because a lot of what he says applies to blogging as well just comes i mean even just business sense as well in general and so a lot of great advice i definitely highly recommend that um which he has a membership site that um i I highly recommend i'm part of it um and so at schoolofpodcasting.com and so if you want to you can go to creativestudio.academy slash sop and that will get you uh to the membership area there if you sign up um i'll be able to get a a very small fee um for that and so that will help this podcast to be able to continue and so uh, but anyway so we have dave jackson that's going to be coming on we have joel baguess of uh the relaunch show 
um, a great podcast. And so he was uh, able to take time. He and his wife, Dr. Pei, uh, took time to be able to talk to me and share some of the things that they've been able to gather from their show, the relaunch show, and uh, some different tips on being able to uh, go forward with uh, those type of things as you're getting started with a new aspect of your life, uh, a new adventure, and so forth. Also, we have an interview with Alex Barker, uh, who is the host of uh, the podcast, The Leadership Dojo. And so uh, he has put that uh, podcast to the side, um, at least for now, and so it may it may be to the side permanently, um, and he shares about that on uh, on that episode coming up, and so definitely excited to be able to share that, and so a lot of great insight, and so a lot of things for you to be able to think of, even as you're just getting started, it's good to think of where is this going, and then consider the possibility that it may come to an end at some point. And then also uh, had a conversation with Dave Stahoviak of... Um, Coaching for Leaders, another great podcast. And so he talks to leaders and helps them to be able to grow and develop themselves even better. And so we talk about leadership and how our role as we get started creating things online, that that makes us a leader online and some of the implications of that. And we go through uh, the great book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And so he works for the Dale Carnegie organization. And so he has a lot of great insight um, as he deals uh, with that book and its concepts on a regular basis. So definitely a very good conversation. Uh, But I think the next conversation that we're going to have, the next session is going to be with my friend Joel Fortner. Uh, He is a uh, marketing coach. And so uh, I know several people have mentioned to me that they are wanting some more information about uh, marketing and so especially marketing online. And so he shares a lot of great things. And so um, this is something he started on the side and uh, uh, on the side. And uh, now he's actually doing it um, for uh, Chris Licurdo as he started his own business. And so if you don't know who Chris Licurdo is, I would definitely highly recommend his site as well. But uh, Joel Fortner has uh, joined his team and he does a lot with the marketing and he has a lot of great marketing insight and advice. And so uh, he shares that Um, again, that'll be next session. And so I would definitely highly recommend tuning in for that. And so with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up and we will see you next session as we talk about marketing.